Today's gospel lesson for the third Sunday after Pentecost comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Jesus says, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. Jesus also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Recently, I was on vacation. And my wife and I together spent about six days in the Dominican Republic. It was a wonderful time. We stayed at a resort there. We had wonderful interactions with all the various staff and different people that were visiting there. It was really, really wonderful. Here's the thing about the Dominican, though. If you're not aware, their native language is not English. It's Spanish. Now, I've been trying to learn Spanish through an app called Duolingo over the course of the last several years. I kind of talked about this before. And while I've learned some, I am anything but fluent. I cannot just drop myself into a completely Spanish-speaking area or, or society and thrive because I just don't get it. I can understand some things, and I can say some things, but I'm not fluent. We really, really saw this. And, and it was even different between each of the various staff members or, or people that we would interact with. Some people could speak English quite well. Some couldn't speak English hardly at all. Likewise, we would see some, some of us could speak Spanish, and some of us couldn't speak Spanish at all uh, amongst the various people who were visiting there. And there was just this different inability to hear it. Now, as I think about it, my own ability to try and communicate in Spanish, which I tried to do as best I could, mainly limited to greeting people when I would see them, I discovered, as I really kind of thought about it, that I was thinking in English to how to say in Spanish what I wanted to say. And then when I would hear Spanish spoken, then I had to hear it and begin to think, okay, what is this in English? So my brain was doing the interpreting, but I was thinking in English even when trying to hear or, or speak in Spanish, and it just wasn't working. Most of the time, if it wasn't something I was super familiar with, I wasn't able to hear what was being communicated. That idea right there, that inability to comprehend or that inability to hear it that is where I'm connecting into our gospel for today, because as we hear in the reading, Jesus speaks to the crowds in parables, and we hear it, it's written in there as they were able to hear it. Before I really get into this, I want to back up just a little bit. In recent weeks, over the course of the last month or so, we've been hearing a lot of gospel lessons out of John's gospel, simply because of the way that the lectionary is set up. But now, as we have moved into the weeks following Pentecost, into this long season of Pentecost that we're in, we've come back to Mark's gospel. 
today we're early on in Mark's gospel, and that's understandable. So we think about the way that Mark's gospel begins. It starts off with the baptism of Jesus and John the Baptist. The first things that we hear Jesus say, his very first statement is, the kingdom of heaven has come near. With that, he begins his public ministry. Now, as we hear, he's mostly based around the area known as Galilee, a small region in the northern part of what we now call Israel. He's actually established a home for himself in the city of Capernaum, an important and bustling small city that's right along the shore of the, the kind of the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee there in that region. And that's where he's at, and that's where a lot of the action sort of takes place in and around this small area. Now, Jesus is doing his Jesus thing. He's out teaching. He's healing. He's preaching. He's, he's in the synagogues, and he's, he's in the communities, and sometimes he's out in the wilderness, and, and sometimes he's by himself, and sometimes he's interacting with a few people, and sometimes he's interacting with a lot of people. But through all of this, he's already attracting crowds. He's already gaining a following. People are crowding, crowding around him to hear what he has to say, to experience the miracles when that's what he's performing. They're all doing these things. And as Jesus is talking about all of this, we consider what is his overarching message, and it goes back to that first statement at the beginning of, the, of Mark's gospel, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now here's the thing about the kingdom of heaven. Whenever we talk about the kingdom of heaven, when we talk about that which is divine, when we talk about that which is not physically here, what we can see and experience, and what we can begin to comprehend, it's too much for us. We don't get it. It's a mystery, and Jesus knows it. And so as he is doing all this, so often, as we see here, and as we oftentimes find in the Gospels, his teaching happens through parables. He speaks to them in parables as they are able to hear it. Now, parables are an interesting thing. We might call them a metaphor. You simply take something and you place it alongside another thing. That's the literal meaning of parable. And in this case, in the scriptural sense, we're taking things that are divine, whether it's the kingdom of heaven or, or something of that nature, something that we cannot grasp, something that we cannot wrap our heads around, something that we cannot fully understand, and we place it alongside something that is familiar. Now, this is not Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is a mustard seed. He's saying it's like this. This concept which you cannot grasp, it's kind of like this which you understand. Now, oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes, Jesus' parables are centered around the idea of plants or agriculture or things of that nature because it was so familiar to his audience at the time. And what I really appreciate about it is a lot of those parables kind of make a little bit of sense to us too, at least here in our little part of the world in the upper Midwest, in this small Iowa town that where, where I'm centered and where much of this life is. We understand it because farming is going, goes on around us all the time. We understand plants. We understand agriculture. We understand all these different types of things, or at least we have a pretty work, decent working idea of it. And so my ears always kind of perk up when I hear parables like this. I'm like, oh, I should be able to get this. And maybe some of the, the people who hear it read, uh, who, who will hear it as you hear it or as different people will hear it uh, in our in-person worship or whatever, that, that they are like, oh, yeah, I kind of get that. Now, we have two parables today, two illustrations that Jesus uses about the kingdom of heaven, this thing that, is, that, that we cannot grasp. He compares it to something that we would understand. Now, one is pretty well known, the parable of the mustard seed. 
that the, the kingdom of heaven is like the mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds. And yet when it's cast on the ground, it grows up into this great huge shrub, so big and so massive that the trees, the birds make their nests in it. Now the people of, of Israel, they would have been familiar with it. Now mustard in, in Israel or in the Holy Land or in Galilee is not the same as what we might think of as mustard here. They're two different plants, but it's an invasive species. It grows from this tiny little seed up into this massive thing. So they would understand that, that it's, it's there. But that's not really the one I'm interested in. I'm a little bit more interested in the other one. The kingdom of heaven is like this farmer who goes out and plants a seed, and then he kind of goes on with life through the growing season, and gradually the seed just does what it's supposed to do. It grows up into the plant. It continues to grow and mature and grow and mature, and then the crop is produced, and he goes out and harvests it when it's time. The kingdom of heaven grows through no effort of ours. The kingdom of heaven expands, spreads, produces fruit, not because we're making it happen, but it's happening all around us at any given time. That's interesting. And it really catches my attention. This idea of the kingdom of heaven is doing things whether we realize it or not. But even more important than the specifics of this one parable, I think more so, it's the mystery that lies behind all of this, the larger picture, as Jesus continues to teach them in parables. Now, side note, we think about the disciples. We heard at the tail end of the reading that Jesus gave them a little bit more insight, that to the crowds he speaks in parables, but then he explains the parables to the disciples. But don't feel too bad about that, like they've got some inside track, because we hear over and over and over again that even with the explanation, they don't get it anyway. And the reality is that this kingdom of heaven, this thing which is so much more than we have any ability to grasp, it is simply a mystery. So when we think about these things, when we hear these teachings of Jesus, when we hear about these matters of faith, whatever we want to call them, perhaps we begin to ask some bigger questions. And questions that center around some of those various English things that perhaps you remember from your writing days back in school. The how, the why, the where, the when, the who, all of these things that really can't be grasped. We human beings, we have a desire to understand. We have a desire to control, and I think a lot of times it boils down to that. When we have these concepts that we cannot grasp and we struggle with that, perhaps it, it boils down to a desire for us to understand, because if we can understand, then we can control. But if we can't understand it, all we can do is acknowledge that it exists around us and kind of go along for the ride. I'm reminded of something that I really experienced on this, this vacation that I mentioned at the beginning of this sermon, the, 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 the sense of anxiety that I found myself experiencing as I was approaching customs on both ends of the trip. Now, folks, I've been out of the country before. I've been through customs a few times before. And each time I tend to have different levels of anxiety. This time around, it was probably amped up because of some of the various extra steps that we had to deal with because of the reality of COVID. Now, those various extra steps were different on each end. And even though there were people that, that were around to help and there was information that was given to us ahead of time to help, I was still feeling that sense of anxiety. 
that sense of, of anxiousness, of, of what's going to happen if I get there and I don't have this form filled out correctly. What will it be? Maybe I'll be, I'll be denied going through the gate and, and I'll have to remain behind or there's going to be problems or there's going to be issues. And so I got really, really, really nervous both times on both ends of the trip as I was preparing to go through customs. But in the end, the only thing I could actually do is simply experience it. Go through step by step by step, answer the questions when they came up, fill out the forms to the best of my ability, and just go through the experience. Maybe that's a parable in itself for the reality of the kingdom of heaven. We cannot control it. We cannot fully, we cannot fully understand it. All we can do is acknowledge that it's going on around us and go along. The promise of the gospel, the promise of the scriptures as a whole, is that whatever it is that God is up to, whatever it is that Jesus brought into this reality, the kingdom of heaven that came, that came along with him as he entered into our reality, whatever it is that God continues to invite us forward and forward and forward in constant invitations forward through the ongoing power of the Holy Spirit, whatever that is, we can only witness it. We cannot fully grasp it. And all we can do is live this moment secure in the promise that God has made that whatever it is, we are included in it. And then we go along for the ride. There are mysteries that we are not going to solve. There are things that we are not going to wrap our heads around and control. And you know what? That's actually a beautiful thing. Because folks, if we could control all this, and it was up to us to fully grasp it and fully understand it in order for it to come to fruition, it would never happen. But the promise of the gospel says, folks, it's not up to you. It's happening around you, not through your own action, just like that seed in the parable that grows simply doing what it's supposed to do, not through any power of us, but because the earth itself makes it happen. That farmer goes along for the ride, we go along for the same ride. And the promise of the gospel says that this is for you, not because you have to earn anything, but because of God's great love for you. The invitation is to you to be a part of it, whether you understand it or whether you're secure and happy and knowing that there are mysteries that are bigger than I am, and that's okay. May this be an encouragement for you when you experience those things which are hard, those things that don't quite make sense. May you remember that you're not alone in it. Because the ever-present God, the one who made all this in the first place, the one who took on flesh and dwelled among us, and the one who empowers us through the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit, I should say, is ever-present, is the one who takes joy in you and is inviting you to experience it as well.